today's show. We back, boys. And where do we stand with the Mavericks right now with this roster? How far do you think they can go? We'll talk about that. We'll talk about everything that Isaac talked about and all the great interviews we had last week, all on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Lentich, and this is Lockdown Mavericks I don't believe you shouldn't be here. Oh, let it ride. Let it ride. Return from vacation. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Maps. Your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, no matter which one of us is here. <laughs> the best way to help us grow the show is to comment anything below. Let us know. Comment anything. And let us know, is this Mavs roster overall, top to bottom, better than the start of last season's roster? Remember the Porzingis trade? Brunson? Remember all that. Let us know what you think. Is this Mavs roster going into the season better? Joining me, as always, my co-host, writer, and contributor at Mavs.com. The hold down the fort friend, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? I, I got to shed a tear. <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, I'm wiping tears right he now. Is, he legit Thank is. God you're never allowed to go on vacation ever again, ever in your life. I'm here to unwreck the train, apparently. We so, literally got on, so Zo- I've heard. got on Zoom, and I was just trying to, like, <laughs> air hug Nick, and it's like, he's never allowed to leave me ever again. An incredible slate of guests. If you're just now tuning back in, you're like, oh, Nick's back. I'm gonna, I'm back in the show. Uh, yep. You're, you're <laughs> an idiot, because you missed in a, a ton of really great shows, uh, because Isaac had incredible guests. Greg St. Jean, Mavericks coach, had some great insight. Bob Sturm was great. Uh, Jeff Skin Wade was great. Shed. Gallagher was fun. Tim Cato had the guns out. Incredible slate of guests. So great job from Isaac. Guns out. BK Brawler. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I forgot about Bobby. That was the first one. Bobby. Uh, On today's show, though, we're going to talk about where these maps stand right now. Where do we stand with this roster? We're still sitting around waiting for some other move. What if it never comes? We'll talk about this roster going into the season. And then let's dive into some of those interviews. Let's talk about some of the big things that stood out to Isaac, stood out to me, stuff that we haven't really gotten to talk about yet. Um, the ball handler situation. The Mavs have a ball handler problem, but do the Mavericks coaches think they have a ball handler problem? Greg St. Jean shed some light on that a little bit. So we'll talk about all that today. Let's get into it, Isaac Harris. We're back talking Mavs. We're back talking Mavs. Two weeks. I didn't know if I know how to do this anymore, but here we are. I didn't either. The Dallas Mavericks, as they stand right now, the starting lineup, as we have been told, that has been reported, that's pretty set in stone as of right now, from everything we've been able to piece together, is Luka Doncic, Spencer Dinwiddie, as the ball handlers in the backcourt. The bang bros of Dorian Finney-Smith and Reggie Bullock are starting in the wings. We're excited about them. Love them. That A huge part of the Mavericks' identity last year. And then JaVale McGee. Still need, I still need the drop, but we got JaVale McGee starting at center. And that's where the Mavericks starting lineup stands right now. And if you look at the you know the bench, Tim Hardaway, Christian Wood, and Maxi coming off the bench is a really good bench for the Mavericks. Like that, that area of the Mavericks is a lot better than it was, say, in the 
you know, in the playoffs even. Like yeah, in, in that area of the roster, I think I feel like they've taken a step forward for sure. But it just depends on how well that starting lineup gels and how well they work together. I'm glad you stopped there off the bench because that's how I tiered it off because I like to do you tears. You love tears. Tears for fears. For <laughs> um, tears for tears. But the starting five and then the, the kind of top three there off the, you know, you miss me. You know, you missed me. <laughs> um, <laughs> tears for tears. Tim Hardaway, Christian Wood, Maxie. I had them kind of in their like group together off the bench. And once again, going back to what Jason Kidd said at Summer League, he's like, hey, we got better on offense off the bench. Yeah. And it's like with Christian Wood coming off the bench, now you have this like kind of offensive duo of Christian Wood, Tim Hardaway Jr. You have two guys that can score 20 and maybe 30 on any given night coming off the bench. Like, the Mavs did not have that to start the season at all last year. Like, like we were not thinking about J- Jalen Brunson as that guy to start the season last year. We are thinking that about these two guys going into this season. Yeah, so I think after that, my question looks at like I have the I have five guys after that Burgers together. Uh, yeah, not you know not the restaurant, but after that, how many of those dudes will actually be in into that Tim Christian Wood Maxi? Like it's a lock. Tim Hardaway, Christian Wood, Maxi Kleba will be in the rotation. We'll be rotation. playing. Yes, saw it off right there. Yeah. We'll be playing playing every single night. If you told me any of the next five guys would get a DMPCD, I wouldn't, like, on random nights, I wouldn't be shocked. Josh Green, Frank Nilekina, shout out to St. Jean's pronunciation of Nilekina, by the way. Um, Davis Bertans, Tilica, Dwight pa- Tilica, didn't he call him Frank Tilica? <laughs> yeah. Tilica or something. Interesting. It made me, like, double check everything. I'm like, wait, am I saying it wrong? Uh, Davis Bertans, Dwight Powell, Jaden Hardy. And it's like, I have those five dudes to where... Can one of one or two of those dudes jump into that next group of Tim Christian Wood Maxi to where hey it's a lock Josh Green is playing every single night oh, like maybe I don't know I just that's just where I feel right now there definitely there's definitely a comment that Greg St Jean had that I want to talk about when it comes to Frank Natilla Tilakina Josh and Josh Green and and even Jaden Hardy um, we'll talk about that a little bit later but but yeah that's where the Mavs roster and their rotation kind of like squares off like i i wrote it as mavs depth chart and then i wrote the playoff rotation under that and it's like those top eight guys and then there's a flex spot there's a flex spot of dwight powell davis josh green frank nilakina and then i guess throw theo pinson in there maybe jane hardy but it's like who else like one of those guys maybe in a playoff rotation if they either take a leap or because of matchup dependent like matchup based they find themselves in um you know in that like in the rotation because you know one of the comments that Greg St. Jean had was about you know playing JaVale McGee and Christian Wood together in the way that they kind of played JaVale McGee and Anthony Davis together in in LA the way that the, like their defensive principles and how that they can they make, can make that work together and how their lineups are pretty flexible in that way well if they if they're up against a matchup where they have to start JaVale and Christian Wood then your backup bigs are just Maxi, and so then I then I can see Dwight Powell having a little bit more of a role in a situation like that. Um, what if you need you know a little bit more shooting and you know somebody's down or something? Then all of a sudden Davis Bertans plays a little bit bigger of a role. Um, you mean need more ball handling, and all of a sudden Frank Nilakina or more d- defense on the perimeter. You need more Frank Nilakina or maybe Josh Green. So there's there's different scenarios where you can see that play out. But this is where the roster is right now, and it still seems one ball handler short, but. Um, but yeah, that's what it is. And going into it, I feel like this is a good regular season roster. Well, I'm curious to see what that 15th spot, where does that go? Like, 
you know, they have one regular regular roster spot open right now. With if you want to slot in Pinson as the 14th guy, they have the 15th spot open. They have a two-way spot open because they have Tyler Dorsey as one of the two ways and yeah. Moses Wright, as we learned, was it over the weekend? Was it? It was I last week was sometime, yeah. Um is going to play in China, so he's not going to be coming back. So I'm curious on the 15th spot, is it going to be a guy that immediately moves into let's just say for instance, let's just say they signed Eric Bledsoe. And yeah. Eric Bledsoe to me would move into the THJ Christian Wood Maxi. Like you're signing him to be a backup ball handler, to be a third guy off the bench type of guy. So that would he would move into that spot. Or do they use the 15th spot on just a young guy that they're just taking a swing on and saying, hey, like you join the group of those five guys above you and say, let's see in camp if you can prove to be an eighth or ninth guy in the rotation. I'm That's why I'm kind of curious what they do with the 15th spot. We're going to talk about some of those interviews you did last week, and it seems like all the media people are waiting on some other move to, to yeah. happen, right? Like they're waiting. Everybody seems to be waiting on some other move. But coming up, let's talk about what that move could be, what it what it would signify for us, and when it could happen because it just seems like we're all still waiting on that other move. So let's talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Built Bar. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They're absolutely delicious. They're very good. And – they sent us that cookie dough chunk bar. Did you try that one? Uh, yeah. The puffs. That one was yeah. great. My wife usually doesn't like built bars, and may, you may be a person that has tried them in the past and said, "Ah, eh, they're not for me." This is a really good one. Cookie dough chunk puffs. They have marshmallow fluff in the middle of it. They have actual pieces of cookie dough in it that are actually really, really good and delicious, and only eight grams of sugar in it. My my wife is sometimes like, "Oh, I want something that you know will tide me over." a snack, but I don't want it to be too sugary. And I'm like, we'll try a built bar. She's like, no, it's too much sugar. I'm like, there's eight grams of sugar in it. That's like, you could put like, if you fit all the sugar in a built bar, into like that's in a can of like soda or Mountain Dew or something. It would take you like 15 built bars <laughs> to get you, to get you that, that amount of sugar. Uh, there's just not a lot in it. So go check it out. Built.com. Use the promo code lock 15 to get 15% off your entire order. It's built.com built or nothing. All right, Isaac Harris, we've been talking about the state of the Dallas Mavericks, talking about their roster, where they stand, and where uh, the Mavericks ro- roster is at, at this point. Um, they've kind of had a ball handler. They, they have a ball handler problem. But I think the ball handler problem is a little bit too overblown at this point. We need to know what who the third ball handler is or the secondary ball handler or whoever, whoever slides into whatever role like you were talking about. We need to figure out who that is by like April, you know, or maybe even uh, February, the trade deadline. They don't need to know who that is now. Think about the beginning of last season. It was Luca, it was Brunson, it was Tim, and it was like Porzingis, were like the main offensive cogs for the Mavericks. And then all of a sudden, they figure that out in the middle of the season. Now, you don't want to come into every season having to figure out a big thing like this, but this is where they are. And I think this roster, as it stands right now, is a really good regular season roster. They can get by in the regular season with this roster, have a really good season, be a fourth seed again maybe, and then all of a sudden everything, you know, then maybe make a move in the middle of the season, get that other ball handler, and everything will, will you know, then they'll, then they'll address that problem there. But they have more scoring than they did last year, and that was one of the problems that they had. I agree with you that they can be a good regular season team. I just think you're playing with fire if you don't do it now. Because, for instance, 
Like, if Luca goes down, if Dinwiddie goes down for okay, wait, three the, weeks. The first thing you just said, if Luca goes down, <laughs> everything is effed. <laughs> so. Okay. Well, I'm just saying for like a three-week span, like, your only ball handler is Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah. Like, you know, Greg St. Jean on the pod, you know, last two Fridays ago was talking about, you know, I asked him, I started off with like, hey, what would you say to the fan? And I was like, I'm just going to go in. What would you say to me that says that we need, you know, another ball handler here? And, you know, he gives this long answer. But then at the end, he says, but I paraphrasing, we're going to have one of Spencer Dinwiddie or Luka Doncic on the floor at all times, basically. And it's like, all right. I, I see that they're going to start together and I see that you're going to try to stagger minutes. But also what if one of them gets hurt for a little bit or they're out for a couple of weeks, you're immediately asking a ton of Tim Hardaway, who's not a creator or set the offense no. to him. And then you're immediately asking a lot of Frank Nilakina, Can Josh, like what is Josh green in that role? So that's where if everything hits right and they're healthy and there's no setbacks or anything like that, yes, they can win a ton of games I'm, I'm regular season. Okay. But man, you're playing with fire. If you don't have another ball handler, his answer to that question that you asked, I thought was really interesting. I wrote it down. He said, we're not going to repl- be able to replace Brunson's skill set, but Tim Hardaway jr. Is kind of like a free agent addition that we made. He made that comment again, that Nico Harrison made that we love. Um, and then you just kind of looked at him and you were like, uh, explain yourself. Sorry. <laughs> um, but then he said, there's some comfort in playing by committee. He said, Frank Nilakina has initiated offense before and talked about that a little bit. He said, Josh Green's improving ball handling is someone who we, over time, we feel comfortable playing with the ball in his hand. And then we have Jaden Hardy. That's, that's what he said when you asked him about this ball handler problem. Um, that either to me says they're banking on one of those three guys to take a leap or to really jump into the rotation and jump out as somebody that you know, is going to be a big contributor or they're still waiting on the other move too, because because that answer to me is not like that doesn't, that's not a good enough answer as an NBA team of, all right, we definitely need a third ball handler. Who's the guy? Well, you know, we kind of feel like everybody can contribute. You know, we're going to do a group project as the third ball handler. And I don't, I don't know if that necessarily works. That's what you say for the fourth spot. Like that's what you say for the, for the Trey Burke role of, Hey, we have three defined guys, and it's like that fourth. If one of the you know top three creator ball handlers, whatever we want to call them, you know, goes down. Hey, we have this you know committee by approach kind of. You know, it's just like running back situation. Running back gets hurt in training camp. We're out for a few weeks. And it's like yeah, we got a couple guys. You know, it's on the practice squad. We can fill in. One's a banger. One's a scat back. And it's like all right, we can make it work. That's not what you're doing like every single night for, oh. you know, how many ever minutes off the off the bench. So I'm, I'm me like you, like anyone else, like almost every single guest while you're out still thinks that there's another move that's coming. Because those three guys like, to, to have that answer and have those three guys like, OK, that those one of those three guys can be our third ball handler by committee. Um, Frank Nilakina is going into like year five, six. We know what Frank Nilakina is at this point. Maybe he gets a little bit better, but he's only going to get a little bit better at the things we already know he can do in the NBA. He's not going to all of a sudden become a guy that can initiate like 15 to 20 possessions in the NBA or 15 to 20 pick and rolls in a game. Like that's just not part of, that's just not going to be part of his game at this point. He mentioned Josh Green. You're not asking Josh Green to take the ball at the top of the key and create anything. You're asking him to like maybe like catch the ball 
and then run and pass somewhere else, but he's not going to start and initiate your offense. And then Jaden Hardy was kind of a thrown in answer at the end of there. I don't expect anything from Jaden Hardy first year, right? Like I don't, we can't bank on anything from Jaden Hardy this first year. His, his, his play is a development play. Him and Sham God just yeah. working together all the time. And then maybe next year we expect him to be a fourth ball handler. You know, somebody like that that, that slides into that spot. Yeah. Um, and they also didn't mention – he didn't mention Pinson at all, which I found interesting because Pinson is a ball handler too. Like that's a big part of his game. Uh, but mm-hmm. he didn't mention him as even like a throw-in in that in those three guys. But um, but yeah. He, ne- he never him, mentioned Dwight Powell either. Him him <laughs> saying that you'll rarely see a time where one of Luka and Dinwiddie are not on the floor, that's playing with fire like you said. Yeah, and you know the easy. You, know, you say easy; it's easier said than done. But you go around the league and you look at some of these guys out there that are backup point guards that we've talked about plenty of times on this pod. That it's like, hey, if they went out and swapped Dwight for Pat Beverly, if they went out and swapped Dwight for a Kobe White, or you know another one of these guys that is kind of coming off the bench for another team that's a ball handler that you know they're either not needed like Kobe White in Chicago or if like Utah is just trying to sell their pieces like that's the type of thing that you insert Pat Beverly into that role off the bench and now it's Beverly, Tim Hardaway, Christian Wood, Maxi like that's a solid bench unit and that's now yeah. Beverly gives you insurance to where if like Luca has to miss a couple of games and it's like Pat Bev and Denwitty coming off the or whatever it is it's like all right you get that so anyway I'm not banging on Pat Beverly specifically. I'm not banking on him initiating offense either. He's great. Like three point shooter, but I'm, you want him or Frank? I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, if I get Pat Beverly, I'm not like all of a sudden, there he goes. Fix the ball handler problem. Like it's just completely solved. I think off the bench, it, it, it like fixes it though, because I, I would take Beverly over any of the guys we have as far as like just say, knowing how to play the point guard role is being better than the current situation, fixing the problem or is it? Is it just better than what you have now? Like, I don't know if that counts as fixing. Well, okay. It's All like, right. you know, there was an Old Testament. and then they, Go back go back to France. <laughs> then they came back with the New Testament. They fixed all the I, things I have a soundboard before. right now. You don't even know was it. Was it better bought, than the Old Testament? I, I bought a soundboard while you were gone. Did you? And you, you don't even know. I'm just waiting for the right moment. So I want to, you know, be able to touch the car. <laughs> Hey, can you can you decrease the outro music for this one guy? He asks every single day on YouTube to decrease the outro music. Since, and since you were solo, yeah, and since I was solo, so on the on my one solo pod I did when you're gone, I just did it silent just for him. <laughs> he was finally able to sleep. That man was yeah, finally yeah. able to rest. We put like, him to shout, rest that day. Shout out, bro. Uh, but the ball handler problem. I, I look at the reason why I say that the regular season is going to be fine is because you don't need as much ball handling in the regular season. You just need scorers. You just need guys that can score. And Brunson scored 16 points a game in the regular season. Tim scored 14 points a game last year, and Wood scored 18 points a game. Like you're literally replacing Brunson's 16 points a game with those two guys that averaged like you know 30 something points a game last year. Yeah, Christian Wood played in Houston, so I don't know how much I'm... Okay, we'll, we'll give him a, a five points per game bump down. You're still replacing Brunson's score yeah, yeah, with yeah. those two guys. And uh, I also wanted to point out Dinwiddie's starts last year. Dinwiddie had seven starts at the Mavs. The Mavs were 6-1 mm-hmm. and one in Dinwiddie's starts. He averaged 22 points a game and four and a half assists in those starts. Now, it's only seven starts, so small sample size theater, whatever you want to do with that. Um, also, the offense with Luka and Dinwiddie on the floor and no Brunson... 121 points per 100 possessions. Whoo, that's like that's motoring offense right there. Now the defense was awful with that group, uh, so they I'm definitely getting, have to figure that out. But 
I, I'm getting weirdly confident, weirdly overexcited over this Dinwiddie season that's about to happen. This could be, I mean, this is, we're going to. I'm looking more and more into it. And the more I look into like 19, you know, 2019, 20, the pre ACL season. Go watch some highlight clips. Yeah. You look into all the, I I know we're drinking the Kool Aid's locked on Mavs. I get it. But the more you look into the stuff, like. No, 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 no. no, no. You and I make the Kool Aid over here. Like, we we talk five days a week about the Dallas Mavericks. Like, we're over here making the. All the other pods are off right now. You remember that. No. We're, we're, we're getting the Kool Aid packets. We're getting the extra sugar that the, the package says. Put this extra sugar if you want. Mix yeah. it with the water. Like, stir. We got a spatula. Like, we're over here mixing this Kool Aid. We're drinking it ourselves, man. No one's talking us into this except us. So, yeah. I'm excited about this Dinwiddie season coming up. I think it could be a, a massive one. <laughs> the more I specifically talk about it, the more I talk myself into <laughs> Pretty much. That's who we're talking well, to at this point. Who, who Just else each is other. Spencer Dinwiddie agenda right now? <laughs> You're reading, reading Mavs.com over there? I guess. That's you. You wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. Did I just quote myself? <laughs> coming up. Couple other things that really stood out about Isaac's interviews over last week. Some incredible stuff, but the Mavs are still waiting on something else. They're waiting on some other move. When could it happen? And uh, we'll talk about that a little bit coming up. All right, Isaac Harris, we're back. We're back. We're making analogies. We're, we're yelling at each other. It's uh, it's good. Feels good. Um, the Mavs are waiting on another move. From Bob Sturm to Tim Cato to Jeff Skinway to everyone. It just seems like anybody that has any connections with the Mavericks seems like they're going to make another move. Uh, does this move have to happen before the season? Because I thought for sure I would leave. And as soon as I left for vacation two weeks ago, a move would happen like my first day. I'd be on the plane and a move would happen. But it still hasn't. And it seems like they're waiting on the Kevin Durant thing, which may or may not happen now. The Donovan Mitchell thing, which just seems like they're just waiting on the right package from the Knicks. Um, they're waiting on all those things to fall into place. And I don't know. Will that happen before the season starts? I don't know. But does it have to? I think so. I just I just think you get into with weird chemistry, culture stuff. And like you just want to set the stuff like now. You want to go through training. Like one of the things, and I joked about this the other day of like get ready to take your drinks here. But going back to the Dinwiddie thing, like St. Gene mentioned, he's like, this is his first like healthy offseason oh! in Dallas. <laughs> um, but like this is wow. his first offseason in I Dallas. Had, like, drunk flashbacks to that, <laughs> like taking as many drinks as we did with that phrase. Remember when we had the push the KP agenda all the time? What? <laughs> Just kidding, guys. Just kidding. What's like the Kool Aid that? No, that was Tang. That wasn't. That wasn't drinking our own Kool Aid. That was drinking our own Tang. That was Surge. Sir, wait. What was the one that discontinued Surge? <laughs> um, no. What's, I don't, what's I don't the, fro- what I was the frozen orange juice in the little cans? <laughs> That's what that was. What? <laughs> you ever do that? Do your parents no. ever do that? I'm thinking of like the Flintstones, like push pops, but that's not what it is. It's <laughs> like Sherbert. It's <laughs> completely different. We're in a different category of food now. All right, let's go back to it. So Dinwiddie. But Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah, he's going to have his like, for, this is his first off season in Dallas. I mean, he he came here right before the trade deadline. So he's rehabbing, working out. I don't remember the point I was making with this, but <laughs> I just wanted to make that this is point how you know again. we're fully back. What were we even talking we're, about? We're fully back. <laughs> what were you talking about? I don't forgot. We were talking about the next move that they're waiting on another move to be made. Doesn't have yes. does this you, move does this Yes, you have to make it now. 
Like, go, you have to make this before, not specifically now, but you have to make it before training camp and all that starts because it's like Dwight Powell knows he's probably off this team. Like, whoever, like, you got to go get the third guy now or and just get everything set. Anybody in real estate in Dallas right now, let us know if a, if a D Powell, like, like, puts up anything in Dallas. Like, let us know, okay? And if, if Dwight Powell or Davis Bertans, anybody like if they start putting up real estate stuff, let us know. Dwight's like, hey, maybe the grass is greener on the other side. It is. I promise you, because it's just brown in Dallas. All right. <laughs> it's just <laughs> everybody's there's, like, grass patches is patches of our yard. We live in a condo complex and there's like patches that pe- that they've like mowed, but they mowed it too, too low. And it's just a mm. strip of dead grass now. It's like didn't yeah. make it. I couldn't make it. Yeah. It's still it's dead. Uh, anyway, what do you think? <laughs> I don't think it has to be made before the season. I, oh, come on. Bob Stern made made a point that um, you know, it feels like that everybody needs to make a it feels like they need to make a move because the how much the roster doesn't make sense, like he said, but it could happen in December when like a couple other players that sign contracts can be available for trades. Remember that 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 deadline that happens in December? It yeah. could happen at the trade deadline. I'm fine with it happening at the trade deadline. A move like whatever the move is. If it's going to be a significant enough move that, that moves the needle enough that actually is a third ball handler or even a secondary ball handler that moves Dinwiddie back to the th- back to the third one, that would be ideal for sure. I'm willing to wait and be patient enough for that uh, because at this point it just seems like okay, what's the what's the answer? Like, what's the move that they're gonna make that makes all this make sense? Like, it's, I just don't know if it's there right now. Well, I don't. I'm not expecting. I don't think that they can realistically pull off a move that would push Dinwiddie to the bench anyway. So then why? So then why make a move now where you can? This now we're like we're eight hypotheticals deep in this whole thing. What if? <laughs> because you like go get the guy that's going to actually run your second unit to when you're you're running. Said they're running stuff in practice that it's not you know Josh or Frank out there just trying to like run the offense. And it's Dinwiddie and Luca, or you can actually run sets where like, oh, hey, Spencer has, you know, he got three fouls early in the first half. Now Luca's on the bench. Is our offense going to look weird as heck right now? Or do we have another guy that can actually run the crap? So like, that's what I, that's why I think there's a benefit of just going and getting the guy. I'm saying it like it's just on the table that they can go get it. I know. I don't I just, know if it is. Yeah. I don't know if it is either. I'm just saying, I think the preference would be like, yeah, go go get another guy. And maybe, maybe the solution is, hey, we have the 15th spot. If we can't make a trade for a Beverly, whoever it is, to come off the bench, then we just sign another point guard with that 15th spot that's maybe not as good of, you know, not as good of player, but at least a guy who can actually like run a system and run the offense type thing. Maybe it's that. Run his offense, run his mouth, whatever he, whatever they want him to do. <laughs> Uh, a couple of the things that I, I found interesting in your interviews from la- from the last couple of weeks, um, Greg St. Jean pointed this out. I thought it was a small thing, but I thought it was really interesting. You know, when we heard that JaVale McGee was going to start over, you know, Christian Wood, a couple of, a couple of people got up in arms about it. We were confused about it a little bit, but Greg St. Jean pointed out that they use the same defensive principles in LA, like for the Lakers, when Jason Kidd was there as an assistant, Greg St. Jean was there as an assistant, their new uh, guy, Quentin Crawford, the assistant, was there in L.A. They The same defensive principles they run in Dallas. And so I think that's that has JaVale McGee is better suited to start the year because he has those and he can hit the ground running a little bit better than Christian Wood, who was playing under 
no defensive principles possibly in, yeah. in Houston over the last couple of years. And then Detroit before that, I don't know if they had defensive principles either. So it may take him a little while. Like the learning curve may be higher for him. So Jalen is probably better suited to start the year. And I just found that an interesting note. Yeah, I like that. They obviously have a good relationship with Javel and he him talking about the LA stuff and just you know, their defense, how high I was ranked in LA, how high I was ranked in Dallas. While also I liked his little point of like how they had a high ranked defense and didn't have like a really paint protector. That comment was that, like, how did we get here? Like, I don't yeah. know how we, we don't switch. We don't have we bigs. Like, what? overachieved. <laughs> it's basically what he said. He mentioned that too. And you and I pointed this out a couple of times where Jason Kidd has been very quick to say, hey, we overachieved last year and don't expect this again this year. Greg Sanjean, kind of the same thing. Like, hey, I don't want to use the word overachieve, but we did. Yeah. Uh, and I find that interesting that they're they're trying to run that. Now that's Kool-Aid right there. That's that's them trying to <laughs> All right, everybody calm down a little bit. Let's cool down the let's put some ice in the Kool-Aid a little bit here. Yeah. Hmm. Um other things that that's I thought I, you were listening something. <laughs> no, that was I was I was naming notes. <laughs> we were just naming things that stood out. <laughs> Uh, Jeff Skin Wade talked about how hot the trade deadline talks were because I think you and I we're gonna oh, do a yeah. series of what ifs over the summer. We've done these. I, we've actually done these since 2018. Like this is I think this is our fifth yeah. year of doing these what if series. Um, and go on YouTube, the community tab, or go to Twitter and re- reply to those um, posts on what kind of what ifs you want to see us do. But one of them is definitely going to be like, what if Brunson? It's going to be like a whole bunch of different what if scenarios. What if they had offered him the extension before the season? What if they actually offered it to him in the middle of the season? And yours has always been, what if they traded him? Like they had to, have, they had to trade him. Why didn't they trade him if they didn't give him that extension? And Jeff Skin Wade talked about how hot the trade deadline talks were that the Mavericks had. It's not like they didn't try to trade Jalen Brunson at the trade deadline, which is really interesting. That's a whole what if too. What if they did trade him? What if they, what could they have gotten for him at the trade deadline? And there's so yeah. many different paths there, but I just found that like a confirmation of, Hey, they tried really, really hard to trade him and try to make a deal happen in the middle of the season last year. They just couldn't get it done. And so they just ran out of time and then they knew Brunson wasn't going to accept that extension. So they just didn't even offer it. Yeah, there's so many layers to that what if of what happens in the playoffs, you know, what you know, would you sacrifice that playoff run? Would they for, have lost the first round? I know it depends on who the player was, right? Like, you know, would would you potentially sacrifice that playoff run but have it be better set up for the future cuz they're only trading Brunson if you're getting back a really quality piece, but maybe that quality piece was under contract for a few more seasons and all that. So like there's so many what ifs and especially when you don't even know, like there was no rumor to where you're like, Oh man, they had this on the table, Brunson for yeah, blank right. that we could really do the what if and all that. But yeah. Um, he also, Jeff Wade also mentioned the Mavs are more, more poised to make a big deal in the middle of this season this year than they have been in the last mm. couple of years. I found that interesting. Like without Brunson, I don't know if they have, they have as much to make a huge, huge move. Yeah, in the of this, but so. they have more picks available to them now that they're a little bit they're farther removed from that that Porzingis trade. So I find that interesting in our talks from earlier about you know should the Mavs make their move now or should they wait and make a bigger move in the middle of the season possibly? Um, yeah, you yeah, you would desperately need Christian Wood and or Spencer Dinwiddie to start off the year very very hot. Tim, and, yeah, Tim Hardaway as well. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Anything else stood out to you? Any interview topics stood out that we haven't talked about? Um, 
you know, talking about Stern about his interview with Jaden Hardy, I thought it was interesting. We talked about um, it was an interview they did on the ticket with him, but uh, just stuff that we didn't know. Uh, it's kind of just talking through that again about his relationship with Christian Wood, Hardy's uh, going back to UNLV, um, just that his relationship with the Mavs pre-draft that the Mavs didn't even work him out, didn't anything. Yeah, <laughs> uh, because once they traded the twenty-six pick, they're like, all right, you know, whatever, and. Uh, so um, yeah, I, I liked a lot of St. Jean's stuff on culture and just yes. you know the the importance of building culture and building it for year one and how it looks different you know year to year. It's not just the same culture that you build one year; it looks different another year. The football helmet story I, I really enjoyed. That was great. You have to look, go go listen to that interview for that one. But um, their words last year were chemistry and accountability, and I liked how he mentioned that. Hey, those were our words for last year. We're gonna have to come up with new words this year, and that's definitely something in training camp that we'll, we'll probably all ask like Jason kid so much that he'll get annoyed by is what are the two words this year? What's the, you know, what's the goal? What are the themes this year? Uh, yeah. Which I just find that really fascinating as a trying to bring a different group of guys together, even though it's not very different, but it is still different. Yeah. And I like the Gallagher uh, episode too. It's just fun here. And, you know, obviously Tim Keto did a great story on it when it happened, how Luca, but just Gallagher talking through it, you know, about how Luca came to be and, his text to Isaac Lee saying, dude, this is going to blow up like right before it, you know, it, it comes out and then them coming to Dallas, performing it during a game and how nervous Isaac Lee was to do it. And, you know, Gallagher's just putting on a wig and fake playing a guitar, <laughs> not even like playing it. And it just, you know, that, that was a lot of fun because obviously that, that song has just gotten bigger and bigger. How do we not have that as a drop too? <laughs> Hallelujah. And all the Reddick interviews are great and him just talking about them. And- oh, yeah being a part of that's cool um yeah good stuff great stuff all kinds of interviews go check them out from last week but we're here five days a week we're going to continue we're going to do what ifs we're going to do probably tier tuesday where we tier things off we're probably going to do some mail yes. some live mailbags we'll do some uh game pods that we've done in the past like all that and so we'll have a ton of stuff for you this summer yeah uh do you want to save bill russell stuff for tomorrow no, we can talk about it today. Bill Russell passed away on uh, on Sunday, and the NBA lost like a legend. The NBA lost, I mean, even more than a legend. Like we talk about some like players and say, "Oh, like Tyson Chandler was legendary." No, like Bill Russell was more than that. Like yeah. a, a founding, like almost a founding father of the NBA. The NBA is not what it is today without Bill Russell and the way that he not only stood his stood his ground in moments the way that he was just an incredible uh player but a coach as well like i think he was the first black coach in the nba player coach like just an incredible run from him and then the way that he has stewarded and been an ambassador for the nba it's just been incredible to see him uh the photo that stands out to me is him and dirk with the the 2011 trophy and then the bill russell award like the mvp um, yeah. like that that's just an incredible photo that just will live in Mavs in Mavs history um, that Bill Russell was a part of. And uh, and yeah, the NBA misses a, a Titan, I guess. If we'll put a higher like honor than than legend is Titan, like just a founding person figure in the NBA. Yeah. The Mavs tweeted out that picture of him and Dirk and it's just an incredible picture all around. Just seeing Dirk, you know, look almost like giddy 
you know, in that moment and stuff with, with Russell. And, you know, we throw around those, uh, those words, legend, um, you know, goat, um, icon. We, we throw around these names or these titles all the time for players and in all sports and very like seldom does a player like kind of like outgrow that or like, Oh no, they're the actual like definition of that word. And you hardly ever see a player in any sport like outgrow the sport. Like that's like bigger than the sport and it's like bigger than their accomplishment. Like it's just like, it's so hard to explain what Bill Russell like means to the NBA on and off the court that it's just like, it's wild to comprehend. And, you know, you, you know, for, for us, you know, when you look at not to do the whole, like, Oh, who's in the top 10 greatest players, all this stuff. But like, when you look at that upper echelon of players of however you want to rank them, and this is not the place to like rank them, but like the, you know, the Russells, the Kareem's, the Jordans, the LeBron's, these guys, it's like, you know, out, you know, we obviously lost Kobe, but it's like, we, we haven't lost like one of, you know, Wilt died young, but it's like, we haven't lost one of those like Mount Rushmore players of the game of basketball of like, you know, obviously Kareem is still living and Jordan and LeBron. And it's like, it's wild to think about Russell, who's on so many people's Mount Rushmore top four players that's ever played the game of basketball Yeah, is no longer with us. And it's just, yeah, I'm sure the NBA is going to have some crazy, you know, things planned to, to honor, you know, this guy's legacy and just his time of the game. It's just, he is the definition of an icon and a legend on and off the court. And he deserves all of it. Absolutely true. There you go. Go listen to Locked On Celtics. He's gonna do a whole. I texted him today. He's gonna do a whole um, Bill Russell like in in memoriam kind of deal on his show. Um, no ads or anything like that. He's just gonna go straight through with it. It's gonna be an incredible episodes. Go listen to Locked On Celtics, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Celtics. He's over. Boom.